Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Let me remind you before I jump in, next week is manger offering. Um, beautiful time for our church. Both services, uh, the manger will be up front. I'll kind of set it up at the beginning and then we'll take a little trip around. Each of us will come by. All tithes, offerings, everything next Sunday goes to the manger offering. You know what our goal is, is to bury the debt next door. Uh, we have eliminated over 300000 this year on that, and uh, we pray that we uh, wipe that out in 19. We'll get a head start next week on that. So uh, just preferably consider what God wants you to give. Uh, if you have not received a letter or an envelope, they're in the guest connect back there. Each one has uh, the envelopes and the letters explaining that, so I hope you jump in on that. Uh, so I'm in a series called This the Season. Started a couple weeks ago. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Jesus is the reason for the season, and we, we laid that out very clearly that he fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy with his birth. It is a beautiful thing, and he is definitely the reason for the season. Last week, we looked at the fact that I am the reason for the season. Jesus came, and yes, it is Jesus is the reason for the season, but because Jesus is the reason for the season... I am the reason for the season because Jesus undoubtedly 110% came to die. And he came to die for me and you because we could not achieve and we could not get there without Jesus. And he paid our price. So today, because Jesus is the reason for the season, because last week I am the reason for the season, today is simply this, my response to the season. And my friends, I'm going to say something to you. There is a response that is demanded. There is. And we'll look at it today. I want to look at the shepherds. Uh, Luke chapter 2. If you'll go there with me, Luke chapter 2. I will read this out of NIV. You can read it out of New King James or whatever you choose to read it out of. But I'm going to read out NIV today. Luke chapter 2. If you'll begin with me, verse 8. Very familiar story. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared to the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Verse 15. When the angels had left them, they had gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, found Mary 
and Joseph in, a ba- in the baby who were lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them. But now, but, and all the people who heard it amazed by what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Very familiar story. The problem with Christmas and the problem with familiar stories is we don't, we miss a lot. We just let them, I mean, the hardest thing about Easter and Christmas is people come pre-programmed. Yeah, I know. He died, rose again, good. Say it. Uh, let's get over it. Got to go eat some ham. Come to Christmas. Yeah, me, born in a manger. Yeah, like, man, they know. But I want to tell you something. If you read through this too fast, you're going to miss a whole lot in this text. And so what I want to do today is I broke it in two different things. Number one thing we're going to look at is the things worth noting about the shepherds. And the second thing is the lessons we learn from the shepherds. So I want you to listen to a couple of things. Things worth knowing about the shepherds. Number one, nothing special about the shepherds. Nothing. Can I say something to you that I hope is not offensive? Nothing special about you either. <laughs> nothing special about you either. But isn't it pretty cool? Even though there's nothing special about us, Jesus is the reason for the season, which qualified me and you to be the reason for the season. And because of that, we that who aren't so special now give a, get a chance to respond to that season. There's nothing special about them. And I believe that's why they were chosen. You see, everyone that thinks there is something but they're not usually have a hard time because of pride getting before the Lord. See, the shepherds, there was nothing about them. And I think because there was nothing about them, it made them who God wanted his angel to appear to even more. So I wonder today, when I say there's nothing special about them and there's nothing special about us, I'm not talking down to you. I'm just saying this. Everything that you are is because of Jesus. Everything. 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 Number two, I want you to see this. They were faithfully at their post. There's something to be said about people that are faithfully at their post. But here's the danger of being faithfully at your post, whether it's at church or at work or at home. Are your eyes opened in the ordinary? You see, sometimes we go to life, we do life, and we get in this corridor of life where we do the things, and we do Monday, and, and, and Monday's done, and Tuesday kind of looks like Monday, and then Wednesday kind of looks like Tuesday, and then Thursday kind of looks like Wednesday, and you just, just do your thing. Sometimes we walk in the church, and we kind of walk in the same doors, we walk down the same section, we stir the same coffee, we sit in the same seat, and we greet the same people. And we don't mean to. But I think there's a danger sometimes for people that in the ordinary, we miss God. Do you have your eyes open in the ordinary to see God? You see, the shepherds are doing a mundane task of watching sheep. In the midst of the ordinary, an angel shows up. I wonder, 
just a wondering, that in your ordinary, have you missed an angel? I wonder in your ordinary, did you miss an angel? Or did you miss the voice of God? Or did you not see him in the flesh and not even know it? One of the things that I have to do as a senior pastor is I have to get away from my office. It's not because I don't love my staff. I think my staff is awesome. I love them to death. But if I don't get away from the ordinary sometimes, I might miss the the super ordinary, the super special, the supernatural. And I like to be away sometimes so I can hear God. Not that I can't hear him here, but sometimes it's good in the ordinary to, to, to keep your eyes open for what God's doing. I think sometimes in the ordinary, we miss God. We miss God. I want you to see a couple other things that's worth knowing about the shepherds. They didn't grumble, and they didn't complain about their situation. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, them boys stunk. They were nasty. Sheep just flat stink. They just do. And they have atrocious bathroom habits, okay? Those shepherds were out there doing their thing. They would have loved to be at a thousand different places on that given night. Sometimes, and I'm just going to turn myself in here, sometimes I have missed God because in my position at that moment, I grumbled and complained about God. You see, if I'm griping about God, chances are I don't hear God. And if I'm unhappy about my situation, I miss the fact that my situation was ordained by God. Not only my situation, but my location. Paul says, I have found the power to be content in any state. I used to think that was true because I was in Arkansas at one time. (laughs) But it doesn't mean that state, okay? But if you can be content in Arkansas, you can be content anywhere. So that's not the, if you're from Arkansas, I love you, and Jesus does too. So here's the deal. What I'm saying is, Sometimes we find ourselves in places and we don't like it. We think it's unfair. We think God did us wrong. We think we're owed better. We deserve better. And this is not the right thing. And we're with people at a workplace that we thought that location was for us and that we were supposed to be there and God ordained us to be there. And we go there and the location we love, but the people we don't like and we gripe about the people. We don't like to go to work. And we gripe, 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 gripe and complain. And right in the middle of that, I wonder if you did hear from God, your location is good, but your eyes that you see the people around you with is bad. And sometimes I think it's okay to get soap in your eyes, especially if the soap has a name called Holy Spirit and he allows you to wash your eyes. So you can see those people around you like God sees them. And you can see your situation and circumstance through God's eyes and not through your eyes. Because I'm going to tell you something about our eyes, as Paxton already testified. They have limitations. They have limitations. And the older you get, the shorter you see. Bring it in, baby. All right? I'm telling you, I go to my grave believing restaurants make menus smaller after 40. I don't know why. 
They like to see someone after 40 come in, they give you a smaller menu. I don't understand that. Here's some other things. They didn't clean themselves up. They didn't clean themselves up. Nowhere in this text do you see them say, well, they took off to see Jesus, but they took a shower, cleaned up, did their nails, had a pedigree. I mean, they they didn't do nothing. They just got up, stinking, smelly, and went to see him, okay? Went to see him. Some of us say, well, once I get this right, or once I do this, or once I get to this point, I'm going to go to church. Here's what I know about people. If you're not going right now, you're not going to go after you do all that either. You just need to go. You say, well, if I go like I am right now, they're going to judge me. Well, you judge them before you ever came. So welcome to the judge church. Just walk on in. Here's another thing you see about the shepherds, things worth noting. They were available for God to use them. They were available for God to use them. See, sometimes we've got stipulations. God, it's not a good time for me right now. I mean, if I had this situation fixed in my life and I was in this position and I was doing this right here, I would do that for you. But right now, this is just not a good time for me. Oh, okay, well, I'll just pass on by then. Well, if you do come back, no, no, I probably won't because you're going to tell me the same thing then too. Don't put God on a schedule. In the midst of what you think is not good time could be great time. I hear people all the time, they, they eat with me and they say, Pastor, here's what I know about God. His timing is perfect. Really? Well, then why aren't you doing that that you know you need to do because you told me that God told you to do it? You told me the reason you're not doing it is because it's not the right time. But you just told me that God's timing is perfect. So I don't know how to tell you this, but you're talking out both sides of your mouth and it's very confusing. His timing's either perfect or his timing's not perfect. And if his timing's perfect, then what he calls you to do in that miss, in that situation, is a perfect time. So those are things worth noting. Let me, let me go real fast. Man, there's a lot of stuff in here. So lessons from the shepherd. Lessons from the shepherd. Take notes on some lessons from the shepherd. Number one lesson you see from shepherds. They made a great choice. <laughs> made a great choice. Look at verse 15. When the angels had left... And gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Made a great choice. Choices make us who we are today. Paul tells us we need to be ready in and out of season. In and out of season. I find people in life sometimes when things are really, really good, they say, man, I haven't been in the Word in a long time. And then all of a sudden, the crisis hits, and they go, where in the heck is my Bible? Be in and out of season. Be ready in and out of season. Farmers say, make hay. When it's sunny in 70, put hay in the barn. So when it's snowing in 7, you don't have to go cut hay. Listen to me. Jesus already told you in this life you're going to have troubles. He already told you this world's messed up, jacked up, and got weird people in it. So don't think everybody's just going to treat you perfectly and be awesome. You need to be ready in the word for the people in the world that you're out in. He said, don't be people of the world. Be pe- don't be people, be people in the word, but not of the world. That means you're going to walk in a world that's confusion. It's not your home. But you need to be ready in and out of season for whatever God deals you. In any time. 
I find a lot of believers who love the word of God and know that God's word is truth and they need to put what God's word in them that when, when it's good, they don't. And then when it's time to pay up, there ain't nothing in the well. Nothing in the well. Put in the well so that when it's dry, you can draw water. Simple as that. Make good choices. The other part of 15 that you see that's beautiful, I think churches miss sometimes. Look at what he says. The shepherd said to one another. <laughs> I didn't use that one another in the one another series, but I could have. Let said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. And then see what they did? They all went. Well, I need a shower first. No, you need to go. Well, I don't think we need to go right now. I think we need to wait for another angel to show up. No, we need to go now. Can I just tell you that when you're in one accord, there's power. The church and, let me say this to you, the marriage. When two people become one flesh and two people hear God and come together and say, we've heard God, there's power in that. There's power in that. The enemy will divide a church and it'll divide a marriage. You got this power in one accord, in one voice. They said to one another, let's go. Whatever's keeping you or you as a church from being one voice needs to die. You need to get on the same page, hear God, and go do God. Do what God says, empower in that. Verse 16, we see another thing that the shepherds teach us. They came with expectancy. They came with expectancy. Look at verse 16. So they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in a manger. They hurried off and found Joseph and Mary and the baby. How many times do you get out of your car and you walk towards this building and your words are this? God, I want you to blow my mind today. I want to see you today. I want to hear you today. I want you to do something in my midst today. I want to walk out in awe today. Are you coming with expectancy? Because sometimes we get exactly what we anticipate. Listen to me. I coast a lot in my life. If I ever had players in a team that left a locker room said, I don't even know why we're playing this game. We're going to get killed. Guess what? My team's not going on the field. You got to expect to win every time. You got to go out with expectancy. The church has got to expect the Holy Spirit and the presence of God to fill this place every time and that you will see and hear a fresh anointing word from God every time. When you meet in his presence in worship, you got to be ready for worship. It's not Paxton's job to get you ready. It's Paxton's job to serve those who are ready. You got to come hungry and ready for worship. And worship begins before you come to church, not when you get in the church. And worship doesn't end in church. It begins in church and goes outside of church. Because if they're ever going to want what you got, they're gonna have, you're going to have to be ready and take what you get in here and out there, out there, Okay. Got to come ready. They were ready. You see also in 16 that their obedience led to a personal experience with the king. Their obedience led to a personal experience with the king. 
Has it done that for you? You bet it has. Every single time that on the other side, I say this a thousand times in this church, on the other side of obedience is always blessing. When we say yes to the Father, we have an incredible encounter with him. Every time. When we say no to the Father, we miss out. When we come in for worship and we absolutely get into worship, we have an incredible encounter with the King. When there's anything in our life that distracts us and keeps us from experiencing true worship, we lose. There's a breaking time in worship every time for an individual's. When you come in and you begin to worship and the enemy tries to put a bunch of junk in your head, distracting you, the week to come, how you got to church, last night, this morning, doesn't matter. He's trying to distract you. You got to slay that giant so you can worship the king. Because if he can get here, he can get here. You got to be careful that obedience, lack of obedience doesn't produce missing God. If you will obey God, you will always have a fresh encounter with the Father. Fresh encounter with the Father. I got a row, got a row. 17 and 18. Well, you see 17 and 18. It says, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. We need to go to Psalm 40. Psalm 40. Psalm 40 says this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slippery pit and out of the mud and the mire. And he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. And he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. And many will see, many will fear, and many will put their trust in the Lord. When you, as a shepherd, go tell your story of what you saw out of obedience to God, many will see, many Many will see, and many will hear, and many will put their trust in the Lord. See, your story is the second greatest story ever told. How you were blind, but now you see. How you were without hope, and now you have hope. How you were nothing, and God raised you out of nothing and made you something. Listen to me. When you tell your story, lives are changed. This Christmas season, there are people more open to the story of Jesus than any other time. They're all around you, all around you. And just like the shepherds, if you'll tell your story, people will be amazed at what you said. You just got to tell your story, amen. I want to slide one thing in real fast. I don't have it on my notes. This is just something God showed me this morning. Verse 19, and I didn't pick this because it has my name in it. Okay, it's not that. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. I wonder why he slides that in there. He slides that in there. All that happened, Mary treasured them. 
and pondered them. One of the greatest tools the enemy has in a believer is short-term memory loss. See, the things that God has done in our lives, they're treasures to us. Sometimes we have to open up that treasure chest of all that God's done for us and remember his faithfulness and remember that God will never let you down. Never. Some of us today need to open our treasure chest and ponder on the things that God has done for us because we're suffering from a serious case of short-term memory loss. Sometimes to really see hand to God in your life, you got to turn around and look backwards. And then when you turn back around by the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter what you're facing, you fix your eyes on the author and perfecter of your faith, and you never take your eyes off of him. And you don't look to the left and to the right, and you don't get worried when that sea starts to rumble. You say, my God has before and will again. And you just march. You need to open up the treasure chest in your life and remember what God's done in your life. Last is this, and I'm done. They developed a passion for their king. Mm. Absolute passion. You say, how do you know that? <laughs> well, that's pretty simple. Look at verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they'd been told. Mm. Boy, I'm going to tell you right now, passion is a beautiful thing. Some people have passion for some stupid stuff, all right? Why not be stupid for Jesus, amen? I mean passionate, passionate, passionate for their king. I mean, you, you got a great and awesome worship leader in a worship team, but some of you in this church don't need no worship leader. You come jacked and ready every Sunday, ready to go. Just kick the football. That's how I watch football today. Quit all the drama and quit talking and just kick the football. Lord help. Kick the football. All right? That's how I come to church. Kick the football. I'm ready. I, sometimes I don't even know Paxton's bringing us to worship. I'm already there. Just keep it coming. You bring the ribs, I'll eat the ribs. Amen? We'll wipe later. Okay? I just want to eat right now. When I come to the table, come with passion. Be a woman and a man of passion. You know how you become passionate for your king? You know how you become passionate for your king? Go after him hard. And don't suffer from short-term memory loss. Turn around every once in a while and see what he did for you. Turn around and run like you've never run before. Passionate for your king. Passionate for your king. You want that develops in you? Power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, keep in step, be filled, all right? There's power in the Holy Spirit. I've never met a passionate person for the king that wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. So my friends, maybe you need to pull up this holiday season to the pump and get refilled with the Holy Spirit of God so you can be a man or woman of passion. Because men and women of passion 
will sur- they, they will be put, people will gather around them, and people that gather around people that are passionate about their king will produce in them people that are passionate for the king. Your testimony about what God's done with you will flow out of you. Why? Because you can't keep passion bottled up. It will come out. This morning, I'm going to invite you to stand. If you're on the worship team, I'm going to invite you to come back up. These are real simple, practical things. But I'm going to tell you right now, the Father wants you to know these things, okay? They want you to know these things. I'm going to invite you to stand, church. I say this every week. Every week. This time right now, altar time, simply is a time for you and me to respond to one thing, and that's whatever the Holy Spirit has said to you today. All through this story, you've seen yourself, all through it. I want you to think about the things that the shepherd wants you to, wants you to see in those guys, and I want you to think and react to the lessons that the shepherds want to teach you in those things. Be a man or woman filled with the Spirit of God that is passionate for the king. I want to pray over us. We're going to worship, and you respond. If you need prayer, you come. If you need to come to the altar, you come. If you're looking for a church home, you come. If you need to meet the king personally for the very first time, you come this morning. We'll introduce you to Jesus. You'll walk out different than you ever came in. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you. God, thank you that your Holy Spirit has spoken today. You've gathered us in your name, and you have spoken. Father, you never speak without calling us to be obedient to what you said through the Spirit. So God, I pray today that your church responds to only this, only to the Holy Spirit today. May we say yes to you, and may we be obedient to what you call us to do. For we will also be blessed, and we will have a personal encounter with a risen King if we'll say yes to you. God, we love you. We thank you. Inhabit your praises now. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. Thank you.